The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Hey everybody, this is The Ashholes. Each week, they smoke a different cigar, sometimes the same cigar, but mostly different, and they give their honest impression. They always assign an official Ashholes rating to that cigar. So, pull up a chair, light up, relax, be an Ashhole too. It's very rewarding. And welcome back to the Assholes, broadcasting live from the Jose Dominguez Cigar Studio. I'm Aaron. I'm joined once again with Matt and Ed, and we're welcoming back Christian Aroa. Hey, who is that in the intro, by the way? That is Tony V. Tony V? Tony V. He's world famous now because he was on that Smart Pack uh, yeah. commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Although it gets cut now on the shorter versions I mean, of the show. He's got that graspy voice, man. Only oh, he yeah. Can, only he can make that voice. Yeah. yeah great comedian. Yeah. Uh, so welcome back. I Thank think you, it sir. was just under a year ago last time you were on. I think it was April. I looked it up April 9th. Yeah, last I think. Year. It, and then, yeah, that's probably right, man. Mm. You're right. So in almost a year. It's been a long time, man. But time, it, it's, uh, you know, I was just talking with Dave earlier. Yeah, I've known Dave already for now 20 something years. I can't believe he's going to be 60. Six? I can't believe I have 60 year old friends now. Doesn't so look got, a day over 70. Yeah, so it'll be. <laughs> I think it may. I'll stop being friends with him and I'll got to find new younger people to hang out with. <laughs> but then they'll they'll trade up for you and find some yeah, younger people I, instead I, of you. I, I have uh, I'm 47, 48, so I have 12 years to keep those friends until they can't meet up. It is scary, man. It's true what they say. I mean, things go by so fast and. You know, you blink and it's 5, 10, 15 years later. And right. It was, especially when you're staying busy, you're, you're doing stuff you love. Yeah, I know. It just, it goes <laughs> quick. I mean. Yeah, we're looking. We started this company in 2013. And uh, my marketing guy, Raul, he sent me a picture of, you know, you know Facebook does whatever, goes back, throwback, whatever the hell it's called. And he sends me a picture of 2013. My hair was all black. So the last seven years, <laughs> I've grayed out, man. Business ages, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's when you became, I became old in my 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, I was 41 when that picture was taken. Crazy. Probably, you know, 40, 41. And it just happens a lot quicker. Plus, listen, the industry has been full of surprises. Ever since starting this new company, it's uh, been the FDA. It's been a, a different battle every time. Right. And there are a lot of things happening in our industry that are changing. You know, the cigars are still great. I think the cigars are better than ever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whose cigars you pick up; they're going to be fantastic. But now you have all these different fluxes and, and, and things happening within the industry. That hopefully we can get worked out, and because uh, it's all for the betterment of the industry. Eventually, mm. you know, I don't want to be sit here and look back ten years from today and say, "Man, if we could have just kept it together, how dumb were we?" But you know, you got the human factor where people have different opinions, different directions, and companies have different strategies, right? So they they got to focus on what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are we smoking here? We have the uh, CLE Corojo. CLE Corojo and the 1118 shape. Nice. CLE Corojo, the 1118 is a shape that I remember my mother years ago. She was, she always asked me, to, she wanted a cigar with her name on it. She would joke about it. And here I am, you know, we had come out with a cigar with Camacho called Diploma. And the Diploma didn't have a band on it. And we used to put them in the pyramid box because I, I always thought that the coolest and most arrogant thing you can do as a cigar maker <laughs> is to put a cigar out there with no band on it. And and then we had this kid that worked with a Salim, and I think Salim was with uh, Carrillo now, right? So Salim is, if you ever want somebody to give you a, twi- a twisted spin on something, <laughs> Salim is the guy. He says, yeah, man, but you know what's going to happen? Almost as a reflex, people are just going to refill those cigars with some other cigars and mm. just say the diplomas. I go, Salim, why would you have to do that to me, man? Not, not. So, <laughs> yeah, so and I remember at that it. moment, and I remember the moment I had one of those 
markers and I'm playing with the marker on the table. I said, all right, so how do I fix this problem? So I look at the marker. I go, oh, Luis, the factory manager, Luis, do me a favor. Make me this cigar. And the guy had a marker and the marker was shaped just like the 1118. Mm, 1118, of course, November 18th. That's where we came up with the name. And then Coroas, that's the tobacco my father, my father, uh, the seed my father got from, from his, his, the family he grew up with, Daniel Rodriguez, Diego Rodriguez. It was able to regrow that, that seed in Honduras. It was actually here with two guys that we actually introduced that cigar back in December 99. And, you know, that, that, that wrapper was the first time the country saw it again because that seed, that seed ceased to exist back in 1987. Hmm. So we were able to reintroduce it now. And what the Corojo does, the authentic Corojo, gives you a lot of body, a very, very sweet finish. And it doesn't yield very much. It's a small plant. It's a short plant. And, uh, but the, the end result is something that you just can't find anywhere else. Hmm. So it's, it's part of the fun. It's part of the challenge. I like making the cigars. And then CLE, of course, stands for my initials, Christian Luis Eidoa which was the, the, uh, a name I always wanted to develop ever since, uh, yeah, for a very long time. So whenever I had the chance to do a, do a company of my own, it was the name I chose. Put your name on it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, that Corojo spice is unmistakable. Right? You know, yeah, it's fantastic. It's some of my favorite. I mean, I smoke a lot of your stuff and um, some of the other stuff from your farm. You know, the Asylum's another one of mine that I, I smoke. Those are, <laughs> Thank those you. are great. The, the, 70 by, the 7 by 70s, I've, I've had a few of those. The, <laughs> it's a big smoke, but I've gotten through it. And it takes you a week wait, long. Right? No, wait till, wait till you try the new the pandemonials, man. Those are 70 by 8.5. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I don't think I've had one of those yet. <laughs> oh, man, they take wow. forever, but they're good, too, man. They're good. Yeah, listen, we wanted to come out, and the reason we picked that name pandemonials because the cigar is so long, and I use the tissue wrap to protect the cigars. Yeah. I needed a long name. So I found the name with 11 space. letters. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, but it makes things uh, a lot more interesting, a lot more fun for sure. Yeah. You know, you come up with different blends, and, and that's the cool thing about a brand like Asylum, because Asylum gets, it, there's no name that's too dumb. Mm. You know, I, yeah. got, I got one called Nictophilia. Yeah. Which is addiction to the dark. Yeah. You know, we got one, uh, you know, we do for one customer probably, it was called lobotomy. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, the, the, the names are, and, and in Europe, they get even dumber, man. Insomnia, I don't know what they're, <laughs> they, they come up with a different name every time. And the funny thing is, whatever name they come up with, you can say, just say yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah it fits. Well, the name of the brand is crazy people, right? So, <laughs> yeah. why don't I just take that for a spin? So, Corojo is my favorite. I used to smoke in the olden days a, a lot of Cuban cigars, mm. and of course, they really stopped using mm. real Corojo, so these actually take me back. They're, these are more Cuban-tasting than the Cuban-tasting cigars of today. Yeah, you're right. You know, Cuba had, um, you know, ever since uh, 1996, I remember um, probably, probably early 1990s, CETA, which was the, the French monopoly, they had the Tobacco Institute. And along with the Spanish, they were investing a lot of money in Cuba. Mm-hmm. They were trying to develop the new hybrid seeds. They came up with some great seeds. They had a van in 2000. I think it was Pinareño, 96, That, that hardly 92. burned, though, right? That, that well, was the, the, the first batch did not burn. And it was not that the tobacco wasn't good. We just right. didn't know how to cure it as an industry. Uh, and no one was that patient about it. And then Lou Rothman launched a Havana 2000 cigar. Hmm. And it just wasn't that popular yeah. because the tobacco just wasn't ready. So it took a few years. Mm-hmm. The Oliva family in Ecuador finally started growing that seed successfully. They use a lot of it, and and, uh, and many brands use that use that wrapper now. And then they develop, of course, the Creo 98, tremendous tobacco, Corojo 99, and Corojo 2006. And, and they've kept developing more and more hybrids yep. because the business gets so competitive now. It's gotten so expensive. You know, salaries got expensive. The, the supplies you use got, expense, got expensive. So you got to make sure 
that you're growing tobacco that's going to give you great yields. Mm. Or else we're going to be paying $25, $30, $40 for cigars mm. every time. Mm -hmm. And our responsibility is to make sure we keep the cigars at a reasonable price for our customers. And that, that, that is the biggest fight. And that's the one big struggle we always have with the Corojo seed. Because we're dealing with traditional seed. Mm. You know, it's like, uh, you know, we're driving stick shift in a world full of <laughs> Automatics. electric cars. <laughs> so um, that's what Corojo is. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't replace it for any, just like a lot of people out there won't replace their stick shift car. You know, we, we can't replace what the Corojo tobacco right. gives you in that flavor and the fact that it gives you all that body with, with no aftertaste and just that little sweet, so, sweet hint of aside flavor. Aside from the disease resistance, you get a much better yield from the hybrids than you'll see. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, twice. Twice, twice. as much. Mm -hmm. Not only in, twice in weight and in wrapper yield, because when you grow tobacco, you're always looking for wrapper. Yep. Binder and filler, you can almost call, those are the byproduct. Mm -hmm. You use them because you got to use them. Yep. But we're really growing... You're really using, you're, you're trying to grow wrappers. What is that noise? Uh, it sounds like the Jonathan over there. It's Jonathan. Espresso machine. <laughs> oh. Mr. Jonathan. I think Jonathan is he's urinating over in the <laughs> You're messing up the show. So you're saying that it's a, a percentage of an already small yield is what you actually get for wrapper. Yeah, you probably get about 30% wrapper, maybe 40% out of 1,200 pounds in one acre. Whereas with a Curry 98, you're getting 2,400 pounds an acre. Wow. And probably six or seventy percent yeah. wrapper. And are the leaf sizes different too? Yeah, Corojo is not a big leaf either. Mm. Right, mm. so the hybrids will be bigger. Man, you just got to keep rubbing that wound, don't you? <laughs> no, no. I every but, morning I wake up and say, "Why do I stick with this Corojo, man?" But but it's my favorite. <laughs> you got to stick with it. So you can't like even like this. cut around for like a smaller. No, scar. man, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but other than that, how do you like the Corojo? No, listen, I, I like the Corojo very. I, I love the Corojo. Matter of fact, I'm doing an experiment now. I'm probably going to try now in April. I just had a conversation with my father about it. And, you know, I'm picking up this farm, and it'll be the first project I do completely independent. Mm. And uh, But it's a very, very small project. I'm talking about maybe five to ten acres. I'm going to try to grow tobacco a little differently. I'm going to try to use the old traditional, like if, it was a bunch, if we were a bunch of Amish people or like the Indians would have done in the time of colony. Try and use very little technology in the way we mm. do it. And uh, just an idea I've always had. You know, I don't know if it's going to work. No one knows. So bring a hey. video crew out and have yeah, a I'm probably thinking about doing that. Right? I was just thinking about that earlier today. See if we can document the whole process yeah. and how we built the farm and the genesis of the whole farm. We'd be kind of interesting to try it. Hmm. So um, everyone else is heading more high tech. So you're going the other way. Yeah. Listen, you know, my father had 20 years. We've had the irrigation drip system. 20 years we've had all this, which is great. But you know, I, I want to go through. I mean, the, the smart thing would be just to get his advice. Yeah. <laughs> have, have, I mean, that would be the smart thing. But, yeah, right. you know, like any, any entrepreneur out there or anybody that's learned anything, there's nothing like taking their hard road or the long road to really, you know, knock yourself in the shin a few times mm -hmm. to really figure out how much you want to enjoy it. And I want to be able to enjoy the spoils. Not it was just something that was plug and play. We came in and <laughs> right. I had the formula already. I want to go through the headaches. I want to go through the process of it. I want to be able to see a small crop turn into something big and something uh, that we can gauge the growth, just like we did with this company. You know, the, my experience launching CLE was a tremendous experience. You know, we, we sold Camacho in 2008. We came back in 2012. And I do have to say, I mean, Dave's here. You know, of all the people, all the friends that, that I met, you know, Dave is probably one of a couple dozen guys who really stood solid. And a lot of other people were, were I mean, they made me work for it, which I appreciate the fact that they forced me to work for it. But it wasn't a, a terribly fun experience. You're talking about, <laughs> bro, listen, it was five years. Yeah. You're sucking your thumb. 
you, you don't want to get up in the morning because it's just a problem and you know you're going to get in there. The account's going to ask you for more money because you ran out of money again. <laughs> it really was a brutal process. It wasn't until we started in July 2012. It wasn't until January of 2017 that we actually broke even for the first time. So and at that point, even Tom Lazuka was like, dude, man, you're like a different guy. Was it harder the second time around? Or? Way harder yeah. because, you know, things you never think about, right? Something as simple as ordering your stationery, something as dumb <laughs> yeah. as getting electricity, <laughs> internet in your office, yeah. you know, stupid little things that you don't think about, you know, the, the, the tape on the boxes. What are you going to do? All right, we'll go with red. Where are you going <laughs> to buy this stuff from? Just little, little, so many decisions. When, when I came into Camacho, that was already, it was already there. the yeah. infrastructure was there already. So I just came in, I grew it, but I'd never gone through the process hiring every single person, you know, getting the salespeople. I remember when we first started, someone brings me the Camacho customer list. I say, guys, do me a favor, throw a list away. Let's do the hard way. I want to build, I want to earn every single, and then Tom Lazuka got me a list from another competitor. I said, that one I'll use. <laughs> if, it's, if it's stolen, it's more fun. So we did, and I, I don't know, man, it was a Fugazi list or something, because we sent out, that list must have had 2,500 names, and that's when we were still using postage. Out of the 2,500 we sent out, we got like 2,200 back. A return wrong address or something. Oh, oh man. So he like, should have oh, stolen a better list. Yeah, I know. I should have stolen a better list. It's like but, all these little things are like full-time jobs for people too. You know, yeah. So it's, yeah, listen, it's same thing with salespeople, right? We didn't, I didn't want to poach salespeople for anybody else. I wanted to go through the hassles, get kids, you know, people that we rather work, or get young kids and start training them. You wanted well, to build it all from the ground up. 100%. Yeah. What I did not count on was... <laughs> having to do with millennials, which is a whole different experience altogether. But, you know, fortunately, we've been, we've been able to build a great, great team, very expensive. And we tried different models also. I brought other people in, did cigars with other people. None of those projects worked. Not a single one worked. Hmm. But, and then I, I learned because, you know, it's, it's, it's also, you call those necessary failures because you have to start with a certain foundation. And, but you don't know where your walls are yet, right? You're just building. Imagine you have all this piece of land you're trying to build. And you say, okay, what are my limitations? Oh, boom, I ran into a wall right here, ran into another wall. Oh, so now you've built something. Now you know what you're going to build upon. Yep. And that was, yeah. that was part of the whole, whole process. Yeah, I was, I was in the software business for over 30 years, and you certainly learn more from failures mm. than you do from the successes. I believe it was Christian who said, don't be afraid to fail because that's where you might find some of your best, best successes. Yeah, they they always say fail fast. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. I agree, man. <laughs> fail early. Plus, listen, I, I'm the guy... I laugh. When we make a dumb mistake, I laugh because I think it's hilarious <laughs> that we would make that mistake. Now, you repeat the same mistake two, that. three, four yeah. times, then you start feeling stupid and get frustrated, right? But the first few, the first time you make a mistake, it's funny to me, man. It's funny. Like, you know, Dave calls me, hey, man, we got this this chicken thing with a, with a hand. And, <laughs> oh, the asylum event. <laughs> I go, bro, try it. I don't care, man. You know, what's, what's someone going to say, man? That's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, it is a dumbest thing. It was like a chicken poop party or something like that. Yeah, I don't even know what it was. I don't even know if it worked or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the dumbest thing is that cutter thing, right, on Cigar Authority? Yeah, that was pretty dumb, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to cut the cigars. <laughs> click, 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 click. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about CLE is just the whole way you have the company set up and, you know, you have, you know, even like the way you make the boxes with the cedar and you and you you put the cigars in the box same day and it, it gets that rich cedar in into the cigars it's just stuff like that for me i i kind of like to get into the little nitty-gritty things of of companies and what they do and to me that was that was something really cool um and i remember reading a lot about how you know the way you have the factory set up and how you have everything you know climate controlled for your employees and you really take care of the people who work for you 
You have to, man. You know, the most important thing, you know, our industry right now is going through many challenges, right? And now the model begins to change for a, um, I mean, I'm simplifying the example. Mm -hmm. But let me just say that some companies now, accountants make a lot of decisions in companies. Mm -hmm. So one, one trend that's happening, and I'm sure you guys all talked about it in your show, last year and last summer, hundreds of people were let go the middle of the year mm. for X, Y, Z reason. But the real reason is that these companies try to punch, pump out so many freaking cigars into the marketplace without even thinking that there are people involved making the, the cigars. You know, these are people that have their own families. They get up in the morning. They do a good job for you, right? And they live in countries where we're fortunate we can get these people to work. And the fact that it is our responsibility, if I offer a guy in January, I need to make sure that, that guy has a job when we close in December. Hmm. That's what we do. So we keep... We want to make sure we make enough cigars so that we can keep and, and, and have that perfect balance in our production to make sure we're able to protect these people, right? Um, same thing with the box factory. You know, it's box factory. We got to make the production for the box factory. And that's always a challenge. You know, boxes are, it used to be 15 years ago, boxes were costing $2 to make, $2.50. Boxes now cost $5.50, $6. Salaries went up. Everything went up. So it's, it's a lot more expensive. So we're constantly... Looking for ways to improve improve that process because you're always tempted because, you know, I mean, listen, you want to be good to your people, but you're also a businessman at the end, right? So you got to mm -hmm. figure out, I know I'm spending way too much for the boxes. I can outsource the boxes, which is always the most tempting solution because your problems are solved, you know, and, you know, we're trying real hard not to buy anything from China. We want to be, employ the people we have. There are enough people in Honduras looking for work for us to go and have boxes made in a different country, right? So now we just, I just came back from Honduras and did some tests. We'll have the results this week on the new processes for the boxes. So there are going to be some changes as far as the the pre uh, the pre industry before we before we make the wood for the boxes, but the end product will be the same. And the way that you, we decide the end product is it's just part of the creative process. You know, I look at a cigar, I think about it, I dream about it, and it just has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you look like the old first twenty. I always knew that cigar had to be box pressed. I don't know why. I always knew it had to be box pressed. But then again, I look at, I look at the uh, CLE line. I always knew I wanted the CLE line to be round. Mm -hmm. So I never wanted to box press those cigars. And they do, you know, and then sometimes you get schizophrenic, right? So you get, you get <laughs> two polarities start acting up. Medulla obligato? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I couldn't make up my mind. So I said, you know what, screw it. Let me make the exact same cigar. I'll box press one. I'll keep the other one round. Have people buy both cigars. And I have them tell me what they want. So I, we don't, you know, it's just funny. And they do, in my mind, I'm convinced it tastes different. I don't know if it's the, the airflow, the way the temperature yeah. is inside the thing. I don't. I mean, we've I, done them both on the show with uh, Jim Price and back to back. And yeah, there was a difference. You felt the difference, I mean, right? It's not a huge difference. Like you can tell it's the same cigar, but there mm. was a difference in right. taste. And yeah. what have you learned? Do okay. people want round or box press or toss up? I, I listen. I I think people like the box press better, mm. but I think people don't like to sh let their vanity come out. Mm. So they all say, "No, no, I like the round one better." <laughs> But I think they're closet box press guys, <laughs> even the older guys. But it's just that conflict, man, and, and, and it really is. It's interesting. The way you can tell is when you go into a store and you see how it is, how they sit in the shelf. Because yep. mm. no one's ever going to tell you the exact – no one ever counts these things either, right? So, mm -hmm. But it, it is interesting the way it works out, man. But I do want it to do that. And I wanted to have fun with it, man. I want to yeah. play with people's, people's minds and, and reaction when they try the product. That's where we do something like the pandemonium. I want to see what a guy says. I just love somebody's reaction when we look at that, that big cigar. So, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the size of my arm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to do our top five. Yeah, we got to do that. Jump right in. Aloha. 
Today's Top 5 is brought to you by 5 5 Cigars. Choose from the mild white label, the medium strength red label, or the full bodied and full flavor blue label. Series 5 5 has it all. 5 5 equals the perfect 10, and that's what you get every time. The only thing better than a 5 5 cigar is two of them, so you can share with a friend. And now, here's today's Top 5 list. So, for today's Top 5, I uh, thought it was appropriate bring up maybe some of my personal favorite top five Corojo cigars. Are these okay. authentic Corojo or just Corojo in general? Uh, kind of just Corojo <laughs> in general. This is, some of them are Corojo wrappers, some of them are all Corojo. Just, it's kind of a blend of different things. But uh, Sweating now. <laughs> yeah, way to put me on the spot. I mean, come on. Um, at, uh, at, the, at the bottom of the list, uh, well, not bottom, but at number five, I have the Camacho Corojo, um, which is one of my favorites obviously the, the current one or? the current Camacho, okay. the newer camacho um although i i do enjoy i've actually had one of the uh, original camachos the older camachos made by christian and they're it, still getting that leaf from your father's no, farm sir. no no this no is more. their own i don't know what you using. don't know what they do i don't it's know not i don't have preview information <laughs> so i don't know it's not it's not from our farm mm-hmm. i know that so it's mm-hmm. uh I mean, uh, listen, you, originally they were using yeah for many years they, they were buying tobacco from us and I want to say circa 2015 or 14, mm-hmm. they, they, they stopped. I don't remember the exact date, so I don't, I don't want to go with... So they just started getting worse any, after that, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to go with any, any official information. So I don't know where they're getting the, that uh, Corolla from. If it's Corolla, I don't know anything about it, so I don't know. Uh, at number four, I have the, the Punch RC Magnum Corojo, um, which I've had a, a bunch of times. And uh, number three, I have the Asylum Oblongata which we talked about before. I prefer the medulla. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and number two, I have um, a very interesting one, actually. It's the Aladino Corojo Reserva, yep. made by your brother, mm-hmm. Husto, mm-hmm. Uh, which is very great cigar. A lot of us around here, we smoke those all the time as well. We know where that Corojo comes from. <laughs> yeah, we know where that one comes from. Uh, and then the number one, uh, obviously, I have the CLE Corojo 1118. We're smoking. Thank you very much. Um, I just had one of these not too long ago, and right away I was like, "Wow!" And yeah. I, I've I've had a bunch of them. I love these cigars. I think they're fantastic. I've always been a fan of you know a lot of the stuff you put out, obviously, and stuff your brother puts out. And it's the flavor on them is just a, is amazing. <laughs> just a fanboy over nice. here. Actually, no, man. It was actually impressive. <laughs> I even got a compliment from Mr. Jonathan today, man. Mr. Jonathan doesn't compliment anybody. <laughs> no. So that's a, that was a great compliment to get today. That was a surprise. And uh, yeah, listen, my dad's making some great stuff too, man. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, how come he creates out? So I go, because he cheats, man. He's down there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he sees his puppies right when they come out, so he's able to get whatever he right. wants. Gets first I mean, choice, right? <laughs> how does this work? You get he goes through and chooses all of his wrapper, <laughs> no, 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 no. and I, mean, I, I joke about it, man. No, listen, we go. <laughs> Do you have like a draft where? Yeah, we okay, have like a draft. I'm taking that wrapper. You get this one. Actually, you know, with my dad, it, it, it works fairly well. Because he doesn't like the full body tobacco that much, uh, so I'm able to hmm. pick the tick to pick the the, the full body right. stuff, the Lijeros and, and you know some of the secos, of course. But he's he doesn't go well, as the, deep as Lijero. Yeah. He likes to be in the Vizal range. That Reserve yeah. is pretty robust. Though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great cigar, it, man. Yeah. It's a great cigar. Oh, listen, I've man, smoked they, a couple of those. <laughs> you know, rarely, rarely will you get to meet somebody, and hopefully you guys do get to meet him one day in, in Honduras. Um, this guy just loves tobacco. My father has no idea how many cigars he's selling, he, how much he sells. <laughs> so he doesn't know how to make a profit. 
he just loves doing what he does. And, and he has this passionate thing about it. Matter of fact, I'll go down to Honduras and I'll have my mind in a million other things, you know, uh, building or sales or a million things. He goes, Coño, man, we never talked about tobacco this trip. I go, Dad, I'm sorry, man. You know, and, and I get upset <laughs> with myself because, you know, he's 82 and I want to make sure I have every single possible conversation I can, I can mm-hmm. with him. And I want to extract as much as I can out of that head of his. And he's more than willing to share it. But just business gets in the way, man. And just you know, it's one of those things that happens. But the, the old man does, does do a great, great job. At, and but you know we have different philosophies in the way we operate the factories. You know he he likes a certain amount of moisture in the factory. I like a different kind of moisture. He likes curing tobacco a certain way. I like curing a different way. So there are a lot of different dynamics that make amazing that the same tobacco could give you mm-hmm. so many different flavors just in the way you handle it by controlling moisture, the time, the amount of time you age it. You know we'll sit on our tobacco four or five years. I don't know how long he sits on it. Uh, he might do four or five years. He might do two or three years. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, these are just different. And it's not that we keep secrets from each other. It's just that, you know, we're so wrapped up and wrapped up in everything else that mm. we're doing. It's not something that's top of mind. Mm. Yeah. One of the things I, I love about the cigar business as a, as a whole, and obviously you and your family, and there's so many other brands with families that I could mention, is that it is such a family oriented business. Mm. I mean, you look at a lot of these companies and you just see how like, you know, it started two, three generations previously. And, and it's kind of stuck down. With the generations, you know, like Fuente family and so many others that they've kept it in the family and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You know, you know what makes it so great? And I'm glad you mentioned Fuente. What makes it so good is that people like Carlos Fuente are more than willing to mentor and to help and share information. I remember the first guy I met, that, I mean, I met a lot of people like this. Estela Padron, they used to run the Villas on Factory. Uh, that was Punch, Hoya Monterey. Mm-hmm. Rolando Reyes, uh, Benji, uh, Benji Menendez. You talk to these different, you know, these old guys, and they're more than willing to share information with you. Hmm. And there is, there certainly is, obviously my opinion is extremely biased, but there, there, different, <laughs> there, there is a difference in how somebody like Carlos Fuente, like Lito Gomez, and, and, you know, these guys would approach cigars much differently than XYZ large company. Because they're, they're, it's, it's, a, it's a name thing. It's a legacy thing. It's, it's, a, it's a whole different group. Hmm. It's not just your quarterly earnings that you're focused right. on. You're right. focused on things. A little family bit of name. pride yeah. before Much, profit. Yeah, long term, Like man. the legacy. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing, man. It, it really is a different approach. When you look at it yourself, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's the same product in the end. I think what difference is, is if you get a bad cigar and you call, look at, I think I have my, my phone. Somebody just called me out of blue the other day. I think my phone, I have my phone number on Instagram. I got people call me and I don't mind talking to anybody, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't mind taking the call. And I think that the same thing will probably be with Carlos and with any of these other people. You could probably reach out to them fairly easily hmm. and, and you will get a response. Hmm. Won't be an answering service. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll continue smoking the CLE Corojo. Only Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive mouthwatering flavors of the Corojo 99 and the Criollo 98 seeds, cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of the JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farm, or Casa Fernandez cigars, you will experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf different than any other tobacco in the world. 
Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa leaf. Hello, cigar aficionados. This is Klaus Kellner from Davidoff Cigars. I invite you to taste the elements with Davidoff Escurio, Nicaragua, and Yamasa. From water comes originality. Savor the sweet and spicy originality of the Davidoff Escurio tobaccos born by the rains of Bahia, Brazil. From fire comes intensity. Enjoy the bittersweet aromas and fiery intensity of the Davidoff Nicaragua. From earth comes complexity. Taste the earthy flavors and complex spices that are unique to the red soil of the Yamasa region in Dominican Republic. Only Davidoff Master Blenders could take the power of nature and blend it into a range of exceptional cigars. Each element making each cigar a unique experience. Water, fire, earth. Flavors that have risen from the very world itself. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. Davidoff Cigars. Cigar adventures to a wider world. Looking for a mild cigar? Don Rafael is just that. Solidly constructed, and it offers up a mellow experience that holds a ton of universal appeal. This is just one of the reasons for Don Rafael's enormous success. Looking to get your friend into smoking cigars? The Don Rafael cigar is absolutely the right choice. The brand originally set out to outdo the competition, but for the price, there is no competition. You can't beat Don Rafael, it outsells them all. Don Rafael can be enjoyed any time of the day, all day, and cigar after cigar. The Don Rafael has a smooth, mellow aroma that will not linger. Draped in a seamless golden brown Connecticut wrapper, Dominican long fillers, and a Dominican binder complete the blend. Expect earthy notes with some hints of cedar throughout. And as far as quality everyday blends go, for a mild cigar smoker, it doesn't get more satisfying than this. Remember this, Don. Don Rafael. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating, is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General work. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. Bohemian is the original Brazilian big ring gauge cigar with the unfinished foot, curly tailed head, and value, value, value. There are Brazilian reasons to buy and smoke Bohemian, and here are just a few. Created in the Cuban tradition, this lush, dark Brazilian Maduro leaf surrounds a five year old Sumatra binder with Dominican and Nicaraguan well aged long filler leaves. So, what you do expect from a Bohemian? A departure from the conventional, a flavorful journey into sweet, nutty, almost caramel finish. Bohemian, the original, unconventional cigar. Take a journey. When was the last time you experienced something for the first time? Curiosity drives discovery. Discover exceptional tobaccos aged to perfection with Balmoral Inejo XO. Born from passionate curiosity, Balmoral invites you to discover the optimal balance of sophisticated complexity and smoothness. 
Each meticulously crafted, extensively aged Añejo XO cigar blend is the result of a relentlessly global search for the top 5% of select premium tobaccos available, including our exclusive signature Brazilian Mata Norte. Crowned with a sun-grown Brazilian Arapiaca wrapper, Balmoral Añejo XO embraces your palate with complex notes of cedar, cacao, and peppery spices that finish with a smooth, underlying natural sweetness. We invite you to discover and experience Balmoral Añejo XO today. And we're back live in the Jose Dominguez Cigar Studio. We're smoking the CLE Corojo. We'll have your attention. Go over to Instagram and follow us at Assholes Radio and on Facebook, which is pretty straightforward, at Assholes. Yeah. And uh, Christian, do you have a Instagram? Do you do Facebook? All that yeah, stuff? Yeah, man. I got the whole thing. It's uh, at Christian Adoa. At Adoa Cigar. I think it's Asylum 13 Cigar or Cigars. And CLE, at CLE Cigar. Okay. Yeah, we do. Uh, got, yeah, I got the marketing guys. They're probably upset with me right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, people will find it. It's not exactly difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, can you search? Well, yeah. Okay. You type it in, it'll it'll they all come up. Yeah, it, it yeah it's pretty cool how that works now, man. It, yeah. This it, it, it did change the whole thing. So we're always trying to figure out. You know, somebody, you, know, you put, sometimes you'll post a video and you get a bunch of views. Mm-hmm. Some other times you post another video and you think it's a great video and you get like hundred views. Like time of yeah. day and just I can't understand it's just crazy. Yeah. All these alg- algorithms and things you have to mess with. Yeah, right. so many people who are like into this whole social media thing. I mean, I'm heavily on social media too. Uh, I know other people who are more into it than me, and they post at certain times with mm. certain days for certain things, and they certain they know amount of frequency. All, yeah, they know the stuff. whole mathematical equation as to how to get the most people on there mm. and. I don't have that much time to do it, so I do my best, but. <laughs> All right. So, uh, TAA is coming up. Are you going to be there? Yeah, man. TAA, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we don't know if the TAA is going to happen or not. I'm pretty sure it's going to it's, it's gonna happen, but it's still up in limbo. Okay. Because it is in Cabo. It's in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, there's a huge concern. Oh, yeah. With all this whether coronavirus. The, yeah, yeah man. Whether the border gets closed or doesn't get closed. Oof. So, um, that's in limbo. There, there, there should be an announcement in the next two or three days if that's going to happen. I really hope it does happen. I believe in all this, these associations. I think uh, in order for you to do what you need to do as an industry, yeah, the industry needs to be together, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it's also a good time for us to introduce products. We got one called the um, the CLE. I think the name we decided on was the Graduate. Okay. It's funny, man, because we have the blend, we have the band, we have the box, we have everything. I just can't decide on a name. Hmm. So we might end up doing like this, like, like the graduate. Like <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's exactly why I didn't want to do the graduate. Yeah. The reason for that, <laughs> thing thing of, it was going to be called CLE 2020 because mm-hmm. my son graduates high school this year. Yeah. And then, of course, my wife chimes in. When the wife chimes in, you got <laughs> you to listen once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So she goes, no, 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 call it the graduate because your son graduates. Graduates, and then exactly what you said, man. People just no, but it's, it's not. Tough. There's no connection to the diploma, no, no similarities to it. So it's not a Corolla, just a whole different cigar, no, yeah. man. And then you know, for TA, we we always do one specific size. Mm-hmm. So I think we're doing that one: sixty by six, fifty-four by six, a fifty by five, and then this shape, the eleven eighteen, okay, will be exclusive for TA TA okay. members. Just like at the trade show this year, we're going to launch the eleven eighteen size for the eight oil first twenty. That's and, the PCA this year. Yeah, for PCA yeah. And yep. this summer. So we're going to have exclusive products just for PCA. Because I want to make sure we get as many people as possible to go, to go to the trade show. I mean, not that that's going to draw somebody to come to the trade show. I mean, I don't think our brands are there yet. Uh, but hopefully, it's it's an added incentive for somebody to come there and say, okay, this is a product that my competitors won't have. Hmm. My competitors didn't want to make the time to come to the show. For Everybody's got their specific reasons. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's, it's my way. And I think other companies are going to do the same. Uh, you can expect to see probably... 
exclusive launches for PCA for people who attend the trade show. Hmm. Give a reason to see face-to-face, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Listen, it, it's, the mistake is thinking that the trade show is just about buying product, and it's not about that at all. Of course, that is the main thing, but the real aspect of the trade show happens at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Usually at the bar, and you hang out, you meet other people. You know, I can, this year I'll probably travel 35 weeks this year. And so far I've been on the road almost every week, and you know, we're mid-March already. So, but I can't see everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to the trade show now, I got three or 400 customers that I can see and spend time with, even if it's just 10, 20 minutes to ask them how they are. And, and you know, th- there's tremendous amount of value to that relationship. And also customers get to get a, a glimpse of what the company's turning out to be and what the image is like. Mm-hmm. Plus, sometimes they'll call the office and they'll deal with a guy named whatever, Adam, Peter, Maria, and they get to meet these people face to face. Oh, man, thank you for taking my call or... And, they, and sometimes people just want to tell you, blow off some steam or share information with you that, that you desperately need to help your business get better. So we do need the PCA. We need the TA. We need all these things to happen. And hopefully some of the fraction that, they, you know, it's the fractioning that's happening in the industry now mm-hmm. starts getting healed slowly but surely because there, there is a lot going on, in, on at the industry level too, you know, internally and, and the companies. And, and, you know, this FDA thing has really, really... Uh, cause a divide in our industry they add that stress to the industry and so people are responding Listen, differently man, everybody's got money pressures right so mm. you know you take a company like ours we're a very small company and we're spending almost one hundred thousand dollars a year between legal expenses between lobbying expenses travel uh, whatever you know i just got a, I just got a call there's a meeting with the fda fda coming up so now i gotta go meet with the fda prepare this prepare that talk to the lawyers make sure you don't stick your foot in your mouth when you're there yeah <laughs> and make things worse so it doesn't stop so and if we're a small company, I can only imagine what a larger company is spending. You know, I, I can only guess a million dollars, two million dollars a year. Mm. And I'm only guessing. It might be less, might be more. So all of a sudden now when, when money becomes such an important resource, people have to start making tough decisions. And that's when you start creating a lot more tension on relationships that would have been cordial otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, you know, the, the direction leads people in a, diff- in a whole different, the pressures lead people in a whole different direction. Mm-hmm. Now, since you bring up the industry, do you, uh, you have any, any inside information on the industry? Anything interesting you want to share? Maybe something about, uh, we were talking about Rocky and Rocking Leo before. Man. Anything uh, anything going on <laughs> that uh, you might want to spill here on the show? You know, uh, yeah, something just happened recently, <laughs> which was, was very, very surprising. You know, Abe does this thing called, um, I don't know what Abe calls it. This thing great, is very, great Smoke? The Great Smoke, yeah, yeah. Great oh, Smoke. Yeah. So, you know, one, you have... Two major lobbying associations, well, three. All right, PCA has always been very strong, or mm-hmm. recently since the SCHIP in 2008, 2009, they became a lot more active and started getting more involved. Before, it was just a CAA, mm-hmm. Cigar Association of America. I've been on the board on that one for probably 20-something years. And then the CRA formed another one, which is Cigar Rights of America. Mm-hmm. And it was more premium-only type association. And there was always been this tremendous amount of pressure of – getting people to donate money and contribute, not donate, contribute money to the cause, right? So CAA wasn't able to bring people into the umbrella. They disagreed with some labeling issues from 20-something years ago. Mm-hmm. So a new tent was formed, and this tent brings in the CRA. So it was always this amount of pressure of getting everybody to contribute. They, they use the term fair share. It's a horrible word because of what's going on in the elections, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but everybody, people just want everybody to contribute. It's frustrating, just like it happens in a lot of the states' associations, right? Usually in the state associations, just two or three stores or five stores that really spend all the money and do all the legwork, 
and the other 100 stores that live in the state benefit from these people's work. Yeah, and the CRA is with consumers. CRA is with consumers and premium only, and, and they represent premium only. You know, the conflict with CAA was always that machine-made cigars are in there, and people always, you know, some of the, the purest premium guys had issues with the, the this whole, you know, with, with this whole machine-made stuff. And mm-hmm. I get it. Everybody's got different philosophy. Yeah. yeah. I've always believed that whoever's there, I'm going to support whoever's there and try to help support. So we were at the Grace Pumpkin Rockets. Hey, man, you, you should post something so we can get more people to donate money. So I don't, I, listen, I, I don't understand the internal dynamics of the CRA because I'm not, I don't sit on that board. And all of a sudden, I, I see, you know, Lito was kind of upset. And I, you know, I feel bad. I go, oh, my God, I hope I don't get roped into something I didn't want to get roped into. All I'm trying to do is try to help the CRA raise money or, or something else. So, look, man, they, they've known each other for a very long time. You know, Lito's a very nice guy. Rocket's a very nice guy. I'm pretty sure these guys are going to work out their differences. And, uh, and at some point, you know, hug, have a drink, and smoke a cigar <laughs> together. Yeah. Because you know, we, we don't need more fraction in the industry. So, um, But, that, yeah, I was very surprised with it. I just felt bad I was on that thread, man. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like a dummy. But, you know, I don't, there was no ill intent, at least from my part. And I don't know if – I doubt there was any ill intent from, from any of the, these other guys either. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. I think, again, frustrations, man. You know, the, the, what's happening to us in the industry is driving everybody mad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stuff like that, you know, you live and you learn. And, you know, like you said, you just hope that someday they move past it and – a drink and a cigar and yeah everyone, everything's all good again <laughs> friends fight all the time it's like it's not like it's gonna be the end of the world you know yeah it's you know like, i mean you could be professionals and have a disagreement that's fine yeah of course it happens <laughs> <laughs> do you know what time it is oh yeah that's right oh time right that. <laughs> yeah it's time once again to get delighted not the cutters right no, no. Okay. <laughs> this time we're getting delighted with old fart freddy brought to you by cuban delight cigars this is Old Fat Freddy, and if you know me, you know I was delighted with the good old days, when life was simpler and cheaper. I was at the bar last night, and the waitress screamed out, Does anyone know CPR? And then I said, Hell yeah, I know the whole damn alphabet. <laughs> then everybody in the place laughed. Well, except for one guy. <laughs> I'm cheap, so I love Cuban Delight Cigars, a perfectly good everyday cigar, handmade in the Dominican Republic, from the pieces left over from the high-end cigars. For a quick buck, I can enjoy a Cuban Delight. Cuban Delight Cigars. Always love to hear from Old It's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that voice, Chris? Who's that? That's uh, Freddie from the Nashua store. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on. Who wrote the joke, man? Uh, I'm, I'm not just, at I'm liberty just, to say. Yeah. Why? Was it Garofalo? Uh, no, I don't, think any, <laughs> I don't think anybody in the organization Did you get that, that from one of your toilet reading books? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Tell <yeah>. the truth. <laughs> CPR. Yeah. I don't know if I ever used that one, but it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) At least I'll impress somebody if I know the whole thing. There was one we did like what a week or two ago. I don't remember which one it was, but it was it was hilarious. I mean, some of those are just wow. I hear them. Nice and vague. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did did another one that was funny. That's great. All right, well, we got to get to a rating on this. Yeah, we do. I mean, we haven't talked a whole lot about flavors, but I mean, it's Groho, so that's. Hey, listen, at least it Barry's says not a here. a lot in itself. Barry? Oh, Barry Crosby. What was that? What was the one what? you rated like a couple of weeks ago? We called it something. What was the Barry? Rated a cigar last week or something? 
Yamastron or something? Yeah, I don't know what it was, like, but I was like, oh. He didn't give you a good rating? It hurt. It was mm-hmm. a little tough. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I it mean, you, tough. Can, you can only take it personally. So Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on this show, our strict grader is Ed. I mean, he's usually he's pretty tough. He's our Oh, see, now you put all the pressure on Ed. <laughs> yeah. Know. And he's an old school fan, so. <laughs> well, Ed, you want to go first? I, I don't mind I going I first. I think I went first last week, so. Go all right, you. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, without further ado, I'll go 95 points on this one. Like I say, I'm a Thank huge you. fan of the Corojo and especially this 1118 shape. I think it adds something to this cigar. I've smoked all the sizes, but this one nails it. Mm. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm at 94. Mm-hmm. All um, right. That's the number I already had, so I'm not going to bump it up just because of Ed. Well, uh, no, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's an excellent cigar. That I spoiled mean, me with a 95, though, man. <laughs> hey, sorry. You know, I don't cater to anybody. <laughs> um, yeah, 94. I mean, the, I love a Corojo. I love the spice. I love that little bit of sweetness on the, the finish. Yeah. And again, the size. I'm a big fan of the 1118. Yeah, I'm going to go 94 as well. I think that this is an amazing cigar. Um, you know, aside, you know, Corojo, great flavor. The construction on these are amazing. Uh, the 1118 size is, is a favorite of mine as mm-hmm. well. Uh, when I have the opportunity to smoke one, I always I always go for that. And uh, I, cu- I just couldn't be more happy with it. You know, I really enjoy it. Well, these. you they, could be more happy. You've I got mean, six I, more points I mean, to I work guess, with. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, you want to get technical, but. I mean, if it makes you feel better, Christian, mine's the only score that matters. That's right. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. I mean, he but either the way, it's still 94.3. So. Yeah. I don't listen to millennials anyway, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any final remarks? Anything you want to share? No, man. Listen, I'm. I'm real glad you guys do this. I'm glad you guys were able to keep the show going, man, because it's uh, – I know a lot of guys have start these shows and they don't stick with it, mm-hmm. but I'm glad you guys do it. I was surprised when I walked in now. I see you guys built the door and everything for the sound, and, and slowly <laughs> but surely, I mean, he's going to be the, the radio show, and he also sells cigars. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, right. See Mr. Garofalo change the whole thing, and it's you guys like, oh, are changing the whole thing. cigars direction. here too, yeah. Yeah, what? Oh, yeah. You could buy them while you listen to the shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. good, but thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us. Thank, thank you. you for coming, Christian. Okay, you've been right, listening guys. to The Assholes live in the Jose Dominguez Cigar Studio. Head over to unitedpodcastnetwork.tv. You can see all our past episodes and some other great podcasts as well. We will see you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.